Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler Podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the Budget-Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, welcome to episode 42 of the Budget Minded Traveler podcast. This is actually a special episode brought to you by the Adventure Travel Trade Association, Visit Baja Sur, Yahoo Travel, and Red Travel Mexico, which is the organization we are going to be talking about today. As many of you know, I was just in Baja California Sur in Mexico, which is the state that makes up the lower half of the Baja Peninsula. And one of the activities that I got to participate in was spending a day with Red Travel Mexico at one of their sea turtle conservation camps. And this was such an incredible experience for me that I wanted to share it with you and really dive into what this organization is about and what they're doing for not only for sea turtle conservation, but the local communities and all the travelers that come through their camps. And I figured there's no better way to do this than to relate my personal experience alongside the mission of the organization through the words of one of the co-founders himself. So we are going to be chatting with Luis Garduño today, who is the director of operations of Red Travel Mexico. So here we go with Luis. All right. I'd like to welcome Luis from Red Travel Mexico to the show. Hi, Luis. Hey, Jackie. Thank you very much. Are, are you in La Paz? Yeah, we're in La Paz with a very, very sunny day and uh, perfect time to talk to you. I wish I was in La Paz today. <laughs> it's it's, it's be. been one week. I know I should be. It's just been a week since we left you, basically. And um, yeah, so, I mean, for the listeners out there, I was just down in Mexico with these guys. And uh, they, oh, man, I had such a good time in your neck of the woods. It was amazing. <laughs> so I really wanted you to come on the show today because I'm so interested in what you guys have going with Red Travel Mexico. But I think that the first question that I wanted to ask you was what is red? What's behind the name? Mm-hmm. Well, the word red means net in, in Spanish. Net, it's like yeah. Like fish net. It also means like network. Uh, and we were thinking about a short name that could stick in the heads of people. Mm-hmm. And it was great because we started working with fishermen and specifically with nets at the beginning of the project. And we were trying to build a network of of communities. Yeah, that's great. Really creative name. I also, I already introduced you a little bit, but will you please give us just a little bit of a background of who you are and where you come from? And then we'll get into talking about Red Travel. Sure. I'm Luis, as you said, and I am Director of Operations at Red Sustainable Travel. And my background is pretty much in tourism. I have been working with ecotourism for almost 20 years now. And since the very beginning, I've always wanted to do something that achieved the actual definition of what ecotourism means. And that's, that's what we're trying to do here at Red. Awesome. So what is the mission of Red Travel Mexico? Yeah, we have pretty much two objectives, three, but we work very, very hard in two. Uh, one is to be able to fund conservation efforts through tourism. And the second one is to be able to create sustainable jobs and with sustainable and mean both uh, sustainable in terms of conservation and sustainable in terms of finances, uh, create 
these kind of jobs to local communities and local people in rural areas in northwest Mexico. And how do you do that? Um, we have gone through a almost six years now learning process. And in this process, we learned that to be able to achieve these objectives, we needed to become an hybrid uh, organization or an hybrid yeah, project. By this, I mean that we are both. We are from one side a company that operates tours in different areas in Baja California Sur mainly, but we're also an NGO. And through this NGO, we're able to provide in deep training and follow up to these to these communities. Mm -hmm. And I know that I was just there with you and I got to experience some of this, but I'm going to ask you questions as if I didn't know anything so that we can kind of explain what you guys are doing. I know you you provide a really amazing kind of opportunity to the locals. Who, what are the kind of people that you hire to do this? Um, it's pretty much the people that live there. We, we look at tourism in a very different way. We're trying to come from the other way around. Instead of, and I'll, I'll come back to your question. Mm -hmm. Instead of just creating a trip or designing a tour that will satisfy the, mar the needs of any market, or the markets that we focus in, we start from the other way. So we start looking at the conservation projects and the conservation needs in the region. Then we look at the social uh, environment and the social needs in the area. And then we look at the markets. And with these three things in mind, we design uh, a tourism product. So the people that we work with, sometimes we employ them, sometimes we uh, hire their services, it's pretty much local people. And this is to be able to strengthen the value chains all the way down, down the line. Mm -hmm. So for example, from the woman in the fishing village, who's a small sewing operation we helped launch five years ago, and now makes our sheets and bedding for the camp, mm -hmm. to the family with a rancho that we work with to build a composting system where we take all of our organic waste, or to the shark fisherman that you met, who we train as tourism lancheros or, or the panda drivers. Yeah. Um, so instead of being fishing for sharks that specifically specific day, they're working at the camp. And of course, uh, the fisherman that you saw that we recruit to become part of the turtle monitoring team. Right. So uh, that's our target people. Awesome. And so you work very closely with an organization that, that was already in place, correct? Yes, specifically in the camp that we went in Magdalena Bay, we work with an, a conservation organization. It's a sea turtle conservation organization called Grupo Tortuguero. And that organization works uh, in northwest Mexico. They work in 55 communities. Mm -hmm. Sorry for that. Phone That's phone. okay. <laughs> <laughs> they work in 55 communities mm -hmm. and they provide this training and funding to these communities all around to do turtle monitoring and in our camp we're able to do it ourselves without them needing to find any other source of funding right okay so your idea was basically to build a place where basically tourism would fund it so i'm paying for it when i come to stay with you essentially is what's happening and because of that then you're working with the with the with an organization that already is doing turtle conservation and it just basically is the resource and it t 
taps it it taps into tourism as well so so the people actually become part of it exactly yeah your camp is so cool tell us about the camp <laughs> you tell us about the camp what do you like about i should it? tell you about the camp it's so <laughs> awesome i loved it because well first of all we got in a rickety old van which i thought was awesome and drove 30 kilometers down this desert road that you couldn't even see the end. I mean, it was like this straight road into the desert. Like you can imagine this in your head. That's what we were driving on. And once we got way out to the end, there was water. And then we got in a boat. And first you took us to the sand dunes, which was just fun. But the camp is just, I mean, it was like a couple of miles out in this bay. That I don't even know how else you would, you would get there. I mean, I felt like we were in the middle of nowhere. And it was so amazing because you come across this camp that you guys have built up with these little lights and everything's solar powered and you're just out in the, you're completely off the grid and all you have is, you know, nature and the sunset and the stars and these turtles and gosh, you somehow managed to have amazing food too. And like, <laughs> but I know this was all your vision. So I don't know. Tell us, tell us more about it. You got a really good description of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, we try to put the most comfort that we can in a camping environment in the middle of nowhere so that this interaction with uh, what, what we try to achieve is our travelers to be fully immersed in nature and with our crew, with the locals, mm -hmm. so that this interaction can happen. And what's best than the middle of nowhere where nothing happens but that? Yeah nature and people. Uh, so we tried to set that up in that way where the stars are incredible as nowhere else, the whales are very close, the dolphins come to visit, the sea turtles are right there, the mangroves, the sand dunes, you saw it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. It was a really great experience, I think, being, I mean, I'm from Montana and I love to camp. I think one thing to, to mention is, yeah, you're definitely off the grid. You're using eco, like, eco toilets. And, you know, I mean, it's not, um, it's glamping for sure. We call it glamping. Um, How do you like the toilets? What? How do you like the toilets? They had a great view. <laughs> <laughs> No, you guys have a great system going and even the little pump sink and everything. It was just, I just, I loved it all really. I mean, I'd never had an experience of camping in the sand dunes. One thing to say about that is you do end up with a lot of sand everywhere, especially after you run around on those windy sand dunes on the way out there. But yeah. um, Specifically in our Magdalena Bay camp, people really need to understand that when they come, mm -hmm. sand becomes part of the family somehow. Exactly. There's no way to avoid it. No, there's not. And actually I... um. I used my GoPro only while I was out there because it has that special encasement, you know, that's like waterproof and sandproof and everything. Um, and I know some people were struggling even with using their cameras out there. So I think it is really important to know that you, you are going out there. It's <laughs> sand is part of it for sure. <laughs> it's included. Yeah. It's sand is free. <laughs> <laughs> who is your ideal client? Who, who do you want to come out there? We're pretty much, we like to receive travelers that are interested in nature, culture, and getting off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. And of course, that are willing or like to interact with the local people. Uh, we often have independent travelers or families with children, 
a lot of the there is a lot of academic uh, schools and, and, and kids that are also coming to our camp. Uh, so it's pretty much people that would like to go off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. And what does your, do you have a typical trip or are there different lengths? What does your trip look like? We run anything from day trips to eight days or 10 day trips. And sometimes, most of, most of the times when they're so long, they're custom. The most important, the, our flagship is in Magdalena Bay, and it's four days, three nights. Okay, four days, three nights. Yeah, and what do you do on those trips? Like, what is what do the days look like? Uh, in Magdalena Bay, you, um, you mentioned yeah. some, some some of it in this specific camp. Uh, then we, I can I can I can tell you more about the other trips if you want later. But let's let's grab one. So, for example, for Magdalena Bay, turtles and whales. People arrive to La Paz, and then we make this same drive that you just described, mm-hmm. go all the way to the camp. In the afternoon, we arrive to the camp and get to meet the people, the, all of the crew, and the Grupo Tortuguero uh, representatives that are there to do the turtle monitoring. So we learn about turtles that afternoon. We focus on learning about natural history of the sea turtles. We focus on learning about their cycles of life and also about the monitoring program. And we start using the tools that we'll be using on the, over the next day uh, to, to measure the sea turtles, etc. In the next morning, we work, wake up very early and then we set up the nets. And these nets, as you saw them, we have two and they're very, very long nets and they're specialized to be able to trap uh, sea turtles and these turtles are in the feeding in a feeding area so they're not small they're not like the baby turtles that we're used to see they are the mamas they are, or the juveniles mm-hmm. and so we trap these turtles with it, with the nets and we set up the nets and we leave them depending on the tides it varies a little bit every now and then but we try to leave them for 20, 24 hours so that we can go also at night and we need to check the, the nets every two hours. So we take turns to go and check them. And when there's turtles, we bring them back to camp and do all of the monitoring. But going at night, I don't know if you got the chance, going at night to see the turtles, to see the, to check the nets, it's beautiful. Uh, were you able to do it? You know, I, I opted to stay at the campfire because I couldn't get on the first trip. And so I didn't want to go on the later one, you know, so. but we had an amazing campfire going and a guitar and I mean, it was like perfection. So, yeah. So at the same time, while we're doing the monitoring, etc., there's more things happening. We have yeah. some kayaks in the camp mm-hmm. and we can go for a hike in the sand dunes or we can go and do some bird watching. There is people that also opt to go with some of our, the fishermen that we work with to do some traditional fishing uh, just with a little line or, or go to learn what, why they, their jobs and their skills, etc. So we'll do all of that while this is happening, while the monitoring is happening. Right. And then that happens all the night. You don't have to wake up if you don't want, but mm-hmm. if you do, it's perfect. We have hot chocolate in the fireplace, etc. <laughs> and then the next morning we go to look for whales in this specific trip. And whales in this area are very interesting because we're far away from all of the tourists. We have searched for these 
place in the middle of nowhere so that as little as, as other boats are there uh, looking for whales. So it's beautiful. It's a, it's, a, it's a place where whales come very close to the boat and they're in good quantities and uh, there's no other boats around. So it's a very mm -hmm. nice place to be. That's and then the, re the next of the days we keep going and do uh, more of these activities that I mentioned and being in the sand dunes and learn, learn a lot about the people. Maybe some cooking classes with our local chef that you like the food. Yeah. <laughs> Etc. Uber. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> mm -hmm. He was like... You know, Hubert, Hubert used to be a, a central poacher before. I love he that was, story. He was famous because he used to be the best cook of turtles in San Carlos in, mm -hmm. in one, of, one of the towns where he used to live. And now he's famous everywhere. He's been, he's been even in, in some TV shows cooking. But saving turtles now rather than cooking. Yeah, yeah. cooking in the camp. He's been there for six years. Mm -hmm. He says that he hasn't eaten any turtle for six years. I hope that's true. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to the sea turtle conservation, what kind of progress are you making? I mean, like for the species as a whole. I mean, I know you said there are five different, I think you said there are five different of the seven species in Mexico. Yeah, what, yeah. what are what are you doing? I mean, for the big picture, how is it helping? Well, sea turtle conservation is big and it's very complex. Um, there is a lot of efforts worldwide. And in Mexico, along with Grupo Tortuguero, we are, and we are, of course, I'm including Grupo Tortuguero in, in this mm -hmm. Uh, we're one of the biggest efforts in Mexico, in Northwest Mexico. The research generated in our camps is part of all of these larger projects. And in Magdalena Bay specifically, we have contributed to the mapping of the sea turtle population through the bay. And that's important because it gives a clear picture of the species' health, movement, and also the importance of its habitat. Mm -hmm. uh, but besides getting information of the turtle, the most important part of, of the Grupo Tortuguero model that we are, with, through tourism, we're helping to, to, to fund and, and work. Uh, it's the social contribution. Where reaching fishermen and poachers through sustainable employment, it's, uh, it's, it's big and it's important. For example, uh, sometimes there's academic groups or NGOs that come and go with projects and they're extremely interesting and they do a lot. But the turtles will survive or perish as a species basis on what the fishermen do. So working with red, they realize that the sea turtle is worth more life than dead. Yeah, what did what did you say that they they would go for like eighty dollars or a hundred dollars or something for the life of a turtle? Yeah, or even less. That's yeah. It means so much more, I think, when you're you know, when you're there, like you said the social contribution is so important and it's it's not just i think for the local people but the tourists as well you know i mean people seek out the opportunity to volunteer with with sea turtles and usually they're going down to i mean the first place i think of is costa rica because everybody knows about that you know but you can do this right here in mexico and you guys are making a, a huge difference and touching all the tourists that you know come through your camp and i think that's incredible mm-hmm yeah, we like it. And 
Also, lots of the people that come, they come to see the turtles and they get really, really touched with experience. Mm -hmm. But I think as you did, then they see the overall, the thing, the project, the, that everybody is involved into it and the kind of people that works with us and then they get in love with the full thing. Mm -hmm. Do you get repeat clients? Yes. Course. <laughs> I'm going to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Is there? Uh, what, go ahead. Most of our repeat clients are families and also the academic trips. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> I think you're going to get Adventure Week back all together. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, so, what about? the cost of the trip what can people expect to pay does that vary a lot or is there kind of one it's price more, it's, more, it's more or less a standard um depends on what we do but average it costs between 300 and 350 dollars per day including accommodation transportation meals drinks activities and all of all of what it's behind mm -hmm. and do you have any specific things that you tell that you want your your I guess your travelers your tourists your clients to know before they come out there is there anything you you prepare them with I think you saw it they should be ready to find the unexpected and be in the middle of nowhere yeah. and to get to meet a lot of interesting people and I often like to tell them that they're not here for vacations only, that they are also part of a project. Right. I think and, that's uh, really important. And then they come to work, like, and part of their work is to interact with, with our staff. If they, can, if they can help us somehow to teach them some words in English or to be there and mm -hmm. just have a conversation, that's, that's part of the project. And also be part of the Sea Turtle project and I'll learn about it. Besides that, specifically for Magdalena Bay, as we just said, sand needs to be part of the family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, I, I think I'm going to add something else that was kind of personal for me, but um, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to watch the turtle monitoring happen. Um, uh -huh. I'm very sensitive to animals. And I, I mean, as much as I love, I mean, I'm definitely in support of everything that was going on, but it, you, you know, you're pulling these turtles out of the water. And, and it can be hard sometimes, I think, um, I for some people to watch. And so there's so, that, that I, aspect as well. And I agree completely with you. And this specific uh, individual that we took, take out using a net that get tangled in the net and then coming out to the shore, being in the beach, of course, it, it has an impact. And it's not a, it's not, sometimes it's not really nice to see it or do it. But talking to the scientists and looking at the overall project, um, this specific individual that came out and that we tag and we measure give a lot of information for the rest of the project, for the rest of the big picture of, of the sea turtle conservation worldwide so that we can create policies, we can learn about migrations, we can learn about uh, feeding grounds, health, etc. And also the social part. So it's worth it. Right. It's, the effort of one individual is worth it for, for the benefit of the full species. Right. Yep. So is there anything specific that you want your, your, your clients to come away with? 
after this trip? What do you hope to instill in them? Um, for me personally, the most important thing is my mission of living is, is to connect people and to be a platform for something else. So we like to see Red as a platform for everything. Uh, so if travelers can, if this time in our camp or if this time in one of our trips, it's a platform for them to, be, to get inspired with something else, that it's achieved. The goal of the full camp is achieved then. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, if this works for them to realize some idea or a project or get inspired to be a better dad or mom or share things with other fishermen or learn about other cultures, then that's, that's a go. <laughs> yeah, then you've succeeded, right? Uh-huh. So I have to ask, do you always uh, throw margarita parties on the beach <laughs> for the last <laughs> night at sunset? <laughs> yeah, we do. Because that was be so the nice. Dunes, mm-hmm. It can be in the beach. It can be somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, we don't do that with the academic trips, but the rest, yes, right. of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was so nice to watch the sunset over that. You guys have such a great view out your back door there. <laughs> well this has been really awesome most importantly where can we go to find out more or to follow you guys what you're doing Uh, the best place is our website it's www.redtravelmexico.com redtravelmexico.com all right I'm going to be linking to that on the show notes page for everybody too Thank you so much. It's been really great. I really appreciate you coming on to share all of this. And um, I really hope that people are going to be inspired to come visit you guys. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, Shaki. And I hope so, too. We wait for you to come back and all of your audience to be here also. Awesome. We'll see you. I'll see you back there. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Luis from Red Travel Mexico, formerly known as Red Sustainable Travel. They're actually going through changing their name right now. But I hope you found that inspiring. And as always, you can find the notes from this episode on the show notes page, as well as links to the full written story at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 42. And please check out redtravelmexico.com to learn more about this organization and how you can be involved. And before we go, I have one last treat for you. Remember how I talked about how great the bonfire was? Well, I have a piece of that experience to share with you, led by one of the videographers that was on our trip, who also happens to play a mean guitar. This is our group singing along with the one and only Hassan Saloum. Just imagine that you are sitting at a bonfire in the middle of nowhere with nothing but a blanket of stars over your head and incredible company. Enjoy, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. 